0: You know what your biggest problem is? You're getting high on your own supply. High on your own supply. That's a phrase people use. Welcome to night school, where we're getting high on our own supply. You gotta say it nasally like that. I need to work on my nasal work. Ooh, I I noticed you've been working on your nasal work. Yeah, yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Probably not a good idea to start doing nasally voices, excessively nasally. Your voice is excessively nasally. I'm not going to procreate with you. Imagine being the only person in your entire family who didn't have a nasally voice, an excessively nasally voice. And they all told you that you just spend too much, high, too much time getting high on your own supply. Uh, That's a thing, though, where if you're a creative person or even just a person who has ideas or just likes what you do in life, it's very easy to get high on your own supply. And I think a good example of that is if you're uh, a musician or an artist or anything obvious, anything that obviously involves creating a product that's meant to be taken in by a certain sense or various senses, and uh, those are good examples, music and you know visual art. And it's very easy to, if you create those things, to want to listen to what you've made or look at what you've made because it, it's a reflection of your taste. Not always. I think it's interesting when someone's creative, but their creative mater- material is something that they've put a lot of work into and isn't a financial uh, it's not done out of financial interest, but when they create genuine art, a genuine creative product that they don't actually like. And not in that boring, self hating artist kind of way where it's like, I can't bear to look at, at my own art because of the pain that it represents. You know, not that bullshit, which, you know, I, I imagine that's true. You know, there's probably real people who feel that way. Um, Emmett Smith was one of them. I know. Elliot Smith, Emmett Smith, the football player, hated his. He hated every touchdown he scored. Uh, no, uh, but uh, it's one of those things, though, where if you create stuff, in a lot of cases, it's a reflection of your taste. But it is interesting to consider when it isn't, and not in, as I was saying, not in that self-hating artist kind of way, but in just in a way where it's I created something that it's, it's not really something I would like. The idea of doing that is pretty interesting, and not doing it for any kind of other clear motivation either. Doing it for the sake of creating something that you have a vision or a desire to create, but it not being something you like. Because so much of creativity really is just taking your influences, whether you're aware of them or not, and kind of repurposing them. You know, I've talked in recent episodes about the idea of rearranging things, and that's a a little uh, shortcut people try to do when it's like, oh, just pair these two things together and uh, create this hybrid of these two existing ideas. And when people force things together like that, it usually doesn't work out unless they're, you know, a very skilled collage artist. You know, not not even necessarily in terms of real, actual collage as a medium, but uh, in terms of collaging any kind of idea... Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things though. When you do make stuff that is somehow a reflection of your taste, whether it's music that you'd like to hear, based on you, not just based on your influences. Not saying you're just trying to you know recreate what what inspired you, but when you create something that you genuinely like, uh, and you want to listen to it at the very least. And I used to be like that more when I was younger. You know, the recordings, things like that. I would want to listen back to them quite a bit. And part of that's just because you really want to hear what you're you are doing. You really want to hear what you did and what you were doing. And that's, you know, one of the paths to self-improvement is that you have to listen to it, even if it's painful or even no matter what it is. uh, One of the things you do, you I guess you don't have to do that. I mean, like that's kind of bullshit to say you have to review what you do. You have to review what you do. You have to get high on your own supply to be a, a to, to progress as an artist. I think it's just as likely that you could just follow, never look back and follow whatever intu- intuition is available. Hey, it turns out that creativity has all these different ways that you can approach it. Who knew? And one way, though, is kind of self-indulgent, getting high on your own supply a little bit. And uh, there have been jokes about that, about celebrities who do that. I I remember there was some joke I heard about someone went to Kanye West's house and he just made everybody listen to his music, which is actually impressive to me. Like going that, either being that, uh, lacking that much self-awareness or just not giving a fuck or whatever that was. The idea of doing that is just, uh, it's impressive to me. It's like there's nothing... (laughs) you know that it's not beating around the bush because sometimes people will kind of trap you into like people will be like hey i I happen to have an acoustic guitar on me what song you want to hear you know sometimes people will do that if you know musicians or anything like that uh, sometimes they will want to hold you hostage with listen to me play And you basically have the feeling that you had when you were over at a friend's house in eighth grade, just watching them play Tony Hawk skater over and over again. And you're just watching bored out of your mind. That's what it feels like when a friend is like, hey, watch me sing and play guitar. And I don't have many friends like that. But growing up, you know, as kids started to take guitar class and, you know, wanted to be seen with a guitar, uh, you definitely were subjected, subjected to that. Uh, but, uh, uh... You know, that's just excitement, though. You know, I'm not looking back and being like, how dare those 15-year-old boys who had listened to rock music their entire lives, how dare they pick up a guitar for the first time and want to want to hold it and be seen with it. I mean, I still have that impulse, you know? I'm not shooting people down for it. I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize the teenage boys out there. I feel like they need all the help they can get. Uh, but... Uh, they, uh, that's why. I, that's why I'm starting a mentorship program. Except I take the guitars away, and I say you don't need that guitar to feel the way that you want to feel. Uh, but uh, you're gonna have to get better grades if you want to play that guitar. You're gonna have to show me how excessively nasally your voice can get if you ever want to play that guitar. Nasally singing. Uh, but uh, that that idea, though, it's like it, it makes sense when you're excited. And I think that was my experience when I first started making recordings and when my visual arts first started kind of reaching a point where I actually liked it, where it wasn't just, God, I'm I'm trying to, you know, find something. And you kind of you uh, it's what I've talked about before when I say you have these breakthroughs and they happen, when, whether it's fitness, whether it's, you know, some other sort of practice, whether it's. Uh, You know, just something you're studying. I mean, it could be research. I mean, it's it's what historians experience when they've just gone through all of these, you know, You know, just all these old texts, all these books, and then suddenly they'll find that one piece of information that connects everything or leads to a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's that same phenomenon happens in everything is you grind and then you have these breakthroughs and it's the breakthroughs that motivate you to keep grinding. But early on in the process, uh, it's very easy to celebrate every breakthrough you have. It's very easy to be like, oh, my God, you know, like, I I actually like what I'm doing. And I mean, I think people probably experience that with themselves if they've gone through some kind of process of, like, you know, uh, self-hatred, and then suddenly they find they like themselves. It's probably like, oh, my God, I need to to celebrate this. It's probably why those, like, fucking motivational quotes on the internet exists like those people who post like a beach with a motivational quote on it I mean those probably exist for those people who are like I feel good for the first time in my life and I've got to like yeah everything they see that is like that represents positivity becomes like oh man and I totally understand why uh, you know why people wear shirts with like a giant heart on the front of it now so I'm gonna get one I'm gonna get one for every day of the week it's the same sort of thing when you're when you're creative and you're just like or it's like if you work out like and you first start noticing your bicep muscle or something you're, you first notice your tricep muscle uh when it's flexed or something you're like oh my god you know it's like uh you just want to look at it you know you want to you you got to get high on your own supply you got to get high on your own tricep supply you got to eat your own tricep <laughs> uh and uh <laughs> Uh, but, uh, it, it's just, it, that same thing happens no matter what you do and it happens creatively. And so it's, it's no surprise for me that like, I used to be way more into just being like, I'm just, I'm cool with like really indulging in, in my own stuff. And it could just be ideas too. It's very easy to get high on your own ideas. And I think a good example of that is, uh, I dated this girl for a little while years ago. And uh, we were going over to her mom's house and I hadn't met her mom and she warned me beforehand. She, was, she said, my mom writes poetry. And that should be just a warning enough. That should have been the whole thing. And, you know, but no, she said, my mom writes poetry and in her living room she has this giant rock. And this isn't the boulder from last night's episode. <laughs> that'd be a great crossover, uh, as if if this was the same boulder. I won't go into detail about last night's episode, but if it was that same boulder, that'd be funny. But this was pretty much a boulder. And she said, she but she tells me that there's this giant rock in my mom's living room, and it has one of her poems carved into it. And I was like, okay. I mean, me being me, I'm instantly fascinated. And I think she was she, she. I think she said something too. Like she said, My mom is very narcissistic. I mean, as you know, you have a giant stone with a poem you wrote in it. Um, maybe <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I'm also into the idea in the same way that I'm into Kanye West making people listen to his music at his parties. I'm also into the idea of this. Uh, this girl's mom having a giant rock with a poem it's not like you have like a scroll on the wall or like something you know like framed like you have your own poem framed on the wall but I just I love uh, how ostentatious it is I love how over the top it is it's like the point of it's like going past the point of no return and just owning all of it just being as narcissistic as you could possibly want to be And so we went to the house, and sure enough, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, after she told me that, she didn't fully describe it. She basically just said that there was this rock with her mom's poem in it. And we went in the house, and it was huge. It was a huge rock, and it was almost, like, cordoned off. My memory of it's probably a little hazy, but what I remember is... Almost like when you're in a museum and you walk by an exhibit that's not behind glass, but it has like a little railing in front of it. Not the velvet ropes but or chain or anything, but it's like a, almost like a built-in wooden railing. I mean, they have it at the zoo. It's just that sort of feeling, but it makes me think of a museum because I was in this house. And I'm pretty sure there was some sort of railing around it and then plants on each side. And, you know, I'm not talking any shit you know about this i'm not because it was it was so over the top that i was impressed but i would say that's about as good of an example as you can get <laughs> of getting high on your own supply and i don't remember a word of the poem but the funny part is it wasn't just the poem it also had her name like dash you know when you see like a Walt Whitman quote and it's like whatever the fuck Walt Whitman said uh, fuck, as Walt, Whitmas, Walt Whitman famously said, that that very famous poem where it just says, fuck, dash, Walt Whitman. It was like that, but it was her poem, and it had her name, so it wasn't even just her poem in a giant rock in her living room. It actually was credited to her as well, and she, I don't believe she was a professional poet <laughs> either. I don't believe she was a pro-poet, uh, a pro-po. Are you a pro Po? Is this one of those professional poems? Are there professional poets? I mean, I know there are successful poets, but that's one thing that I'm just not into. It took me a long time to actually appreciate lyrics, and it, I still haven't. There's, I, I've seen a couple poems. The guy who wrote Deliverance, James Dickey, I'd seen some uh, poems that he wrote that I was pretty into. They were just kind of like raw nature uh, something about a Wolverine, a poem about a Wolverine, and it was pretty cool. It was like it was like guy poetry. It was like man poetry, you know. I like James Dickey though, great author, uh, and. Uh I don't know. I think I've only read Deliverance, but Deliverance is an absolutely great book. And Deliverance is one of those funny things where if you say that Deliverance is one of your favorite movies, which it is, it's a, it's like the classic dark river movie. You know, I, I, in the, one of the very first school night, every night's a school night episodes, like six years ago now, we're getting close to, uh, I talk about r- the importance of rivers and I played some river songs over the years and just rivers have, it's, it's a very different body of water and there's something deep and dark and dare I say bloody about them. And Not even just in a bad way but even just a lone river. There's something very foreboding about it and that's why a lot of stories involving rivers have something very dark. They're, they're about a struggle. Almost all stories that involve a river are, are about really not just struggling against the river itself but stories like Deliverance where you're dealing with locals and all kinds of things and when you say that you like Deliverance though it's like oh Deliverance is an absolutely great movie. It was a huge movie based on a very popular book, but if you just tell someone you like Deliverance, they immediately go, they immediately think, oh, this guy likes rape scenes, this guy likes, like, brutal, like, you know, man-on-man rape scenes, because that's what the movie's most known for, you know, in the same way that, you know, <laughs> I don't remember the, the details of the aforementioned poem, people don't really remember much about the movie Deliverance except for the rape scene, and uh, that's you know, one of many reasons I like it, because I mean, that that scene is true horror, like you want to talk about horror movies, and it's like, oh, zombies, or this, or whatever, blood and guts, but I mean, like, that movie is true horror, that movie is gripping horror, and not just that, the whole thing, I mean, the whole whole struggle, the whole river struggle, the river struggle, uh, that's a new term, I'm going to copyright that, river struggle, that's a genre, river movies, I think I used to call them river movies, but I would call the genre river struggle. Uh, But deliverance, you know, you get people think, you automatically think you're like some freak because you say it's a great movie. And it's like, no, it's a great movie in its own right. It's a great book in its own right. And it's great partially because it involves some seriously harrowing shit. Um uh, but, uh, what, was, what am I even talking about? A rant about deliverance out of, out of nowhere. Oh, poetry, yeah, just James Dickey, the guy who wrote the book Deliverance. Uh, he, uh, and he, he makes an appearance in the movie, too. Uh, but he, uh... He wrote some poetry I like But in general I am not a poetry guy I'm just it's I'm repe- you know, repelled by poetry I'm disgusted by poetry <laughs> And it's hard for me To recognize progression And I've had A couple close friends There was a girl I was close friends with In high school Who was a legitimately good poet Like she actually wrote Some interesting stuff As I said You know So what kind of poets Do you like? Oh James Dickey uh, And uh, this girl I went to high school with But that's kind of me That's kind of me In a nutshell Uh, And then I had a good friend, one of my best friends growing up, too, uh, not the girl from high school. He uh, he dabbled in poetry for a while, but I wasn't I'm a big fan of his writing other than that. But I wasn't a terrible big fan of his poetry. But I never really understood how a poet really progresses. I understand you can play with form and, you know, obviously it's like any anything you're doing creative with words Um, like playing Scrabble. Uh, is this is a poem or is this just like a list of scrabble words (laughs) but I, I just don't really see how a poet like really progresses or anything it seems like poetry seems like one of those things you would do like I was talking about earlier that like you do it but you don't like it like I've definitely written things down that just I don't know what... They just came to me, and I don't enjoy them. And I guess you, you could call them poems or something, some sort of creative writing that isn't like a narrative. Uh, maybe lyrics or poems, call them whatever you want. Uh, I'm not a pro-po. I'm not a pro-poet, a pro i poet um, I'm, I'm not that. And I don't even know how you become a professional poet. I think it just comes down to whether someone wants to give you money or not or something, or allows you to read it to people on a stage. Allows you. Uh, they allowed me to read my pro poems at the Open Mic. The Open Mic. The Open Mic. It's pronounced Mike. Uh, but, uh... Hey, what am I getting at here? I, I rants about poems, deliverance. Uh where were where were we? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Getting high on your own supply. I got a little high on my own supply there and I forgot what I was talking about. Got what I was talking about. Um yeah, for me though, it's like when I was younger, I think it was much easier for me to be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna like, I'm, I'm, in, you're, it's, you're almost impressed that you are capable of doing anything at all." You know, you think about growing up as a kid and you, you're into things, and you might, I, like I always drew and stuff, but there was definitely a point where I started to like actually, you know, you're always gonna be very critical of yourself. There's always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very harsh about anything I do. I mean, I'm, I'm, as I said recently like I think seeing yourself under a harsh light is very important and that doesn't just uh apply to being a person it applies to everything you do because all of that makes you who you are and who you are fuels that stuff it's just that's the cycle of it um but uh yeah you have to see that stuff under a harsh light and even today like even stuff that I feel like is that impresses me you know even stuff that I do that where I impress myself which isn't terribly often but it does happen even that stuff, I, I, of course, see the flaws. I see all of the flaws in it. I see all of the what's underdeveloped, what's overworked, uh, where, where I wasn't paying attention, where I should have stopped when I wasn't feeling awake enough or where i should have stopped when i wasn't feeling inspired but i wanted to get it done because that happens to me so often with anything creative is like reaching this point where you have this initial inspiration and these little bursts and then you reach a point near the end where you're like i just want it done and that's usually when the worst work happens although sometimes it's i've had amazing things happen in those moments if you just if you have enough kind of momentum going for you and i don't know Sometimes that rush to get something done can actually lead to good things. It's just most of the time your brain really isn't in the right place. Uh, But yeah, you know, and with this show in particular, when you do a podcast where you talk to yourself, it'd be really weird if I just sat around listening to the show all the time, and I admit when I first started doing it, I think it's the same sort of idea I was just talking about where when you first kind of have breakthroughs with something, or you first just start doing something at all, it's like you want to talk about it. You, you start working out. You want to tell people about it. You want to turn into one of these fucking, like, The Rock or Joe Rogan who has to post about it all the time. Like, you get on Instagram, and they're just like, get at it. Did you get at it today? Did you get at it? Get get in the gym and get at it you know it's like which i'm i'm totally into that i, I actually love all that crazy like fitness mania because i totally know the feeling like when you finish a really hard workout but it's also ridiculous and it's also like a complete like manic state you know that someone's in when they do that uh, which which is the great thing about fitness is it can give you some sort of euphoria i don't really get that but i do kind of get sometimes i feel aggro where i'm just like everybody needs to do this get at it get at it I'm Joe Rogan. Get at it. Uh, that's what Joe Rogan's going to sound like in ten years. Um, not because anything happened to him. He's just gonna he's going to decide that that's a better voice. That's going to be the kind of voice people want to hear in ten years. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's like it's the same thing though. Like when I first started doing this podcast, it was new to me, and I'd always had a fantasy of having a radio show or having doing some sort of voice work that always been a fantasy of mine. I'd never really done anything like that. So when I first started doing this show, I was also drinking. So I would definitely like hit the bottle and just listen to myself talk. And uh, that was actually fun. You know, that getting high on my own supply back then was a lot of fun because I just like get drunk and, you know, listen to myself. And, you know, it would would be almost like listening to somebody else. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh, man, like, uh, I wish I would have thought of that. And it's like, oh, wait, Oh, wait, I'm listening to myself. That's fun. You know, when you're in a detached state and it's like you almost feel like you're listening to it's the same thing with music or anything. It's like it's like, you know, when you're hearing. I don't know, you're hearing something that's like somehow a reflection of your taste. I don't know. Uh, And so naturally, you'd want to like hear it. And especially with music and stuff being a core part of this show, especially earlier on. It gave me, it, gave it a little, like, break. It wasn't like just sitting there listening to yourself. But it wasn't like I did it all the time. And pretty much with this show, I generally listen to each episode once. I want to hear it all the way through to make sure there's not anything that would uh, get me excommunicated from society forever. You know, I don't mind being excommunicated from society for a short amount of time. Um, you know, because a lot of that's voluntary. But, you know, I don't want to say anything on this show that's going to get me just banished from you know, family and friends forever, uh, banished forever, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, and I also want to check the quality, I want to, I always want to see, make sure it, it, the levels are right, which, you know, is hit or miss a lot of the time when it comes to putting music on here, uh, but, you know, generally just do a check, uh, every, every once in a while with the every night's a school night episodes, I'll listen to those a couple times, because those are a little more enjoyable. Because honestly, it's pretty excruciating to listen to yourself talk at length. It's it's more than excruciating. And every once in a while, I will do it, just as kind of a refresher, just be like, you know, it's like I do consider this an art form. I do consider doing a podcast, some form of creative expression. And uh, it's, uh, you know, not the same. It's very different. It's much more impulsive, at least for me. It's very different from anything Creative or any anything else I've done, I think that's why I like it. It's very different, and it requires a very different part of my brain to do this. Now, that damaged part of my brain, just to make it clear, that part of my brain that that frontal lobe damage I did when I like banged my head into a trash can or something, <laughs> all those chair shots to the head. Uh, you know, that's that's the part of my brain that I'm using, quote unquote, when I do this show. Uh, but definitely with something where you you create something or record something that has your voice or video or whatever i mean i find that pretty excruciating to listen back to and not because you know it's not once again not in that like self-hating creator self-hating artist kind of way it's just that i really noticed all the speed bumps i notice all the warts and i'm all about having a warts and all uh, approach to something like this stumbling through i mean there's episodes where it's just stuttering you know, there's probably episodes on here that there's probably more stuttering than anything else. There's more stuttering. Who wants to listen to a guy stutter? Who wants to listen to a guy stutter? Um, who wants to just stutter? That's not, that's not the... The real question isn't who wants to listen to a guy just stutter. It's who wants to just stutter into a mic. A lot of people. I do a podcast because it helps with my stuttering problem. The only time in my life when I don't stutter... When I don't stammer and stutter is when I'm recording a podcast, a podcast. a podkist. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the idea of just, I don't know, as I've gotten older, and I guess part of it is just getting used to the things I do. I find it less and less necessary to revisit anything. It's much easier just to, you know, not rest on your laurels and, and you know, just just keep moving. And not even in with regard to creating, like not just keeping on creating, but just you just keep moving in life and you just think about other things and do other things. And uh, as a result, you know, I think you learn that you can apply yourself creatively in a lot of different ways in life. You know, I think if you just if you just keep that momentum going in your favor, if you just keep moving and you don't just get high on your own supply. If you don't just decide that, oh, I'm creating my own personal soundtrack. I'm creating my own personal movie. I'm creating my own personal uh, visual world. I'm creating, all, I'm creating my own unique world, and uh, I, I just created all of it. You know, it's like, I don't think there's anything good about that. Um, maybe it's good for some people. There's people who are on certain spectrums that maybe they just need to create their fantasy world. And just be surrounded by that Because that's a really attractive idea, honestly I've always found that idea very attractive Of, uh, got like lotion on my lips I was like, I don't remember putting chapstick on I don't remember putting chapstick on I got lotion on my lips It's because I have a a very gentle, light sweat And it's just, it's enough to like Take the lotion from my face And have it just like drip onto my lips a little bit And uh, if I'm gonna keep talking like this You better be paying me you better call the hotline if I'm going to be talking about lotion on my lips. But, yeah, back to that idea of just the self-created world or the self-created environment. And we are obviously getting closer to that. We're almost in that. And it's easier to make things. You know, it's easier to have that almost, you know, multi-discipline, interdisciplinary approach to creativity where you very easily could generate music on your computer or your phone. Uh, And generate visuals on a computer. You could do it, it could be automated. It doesn't even have to be something that you spend a lot of time doing. Somebody could very easily just generate unique content of some kind and just surround themselves with it, you know, aside from the stuff they're obligated to do. uh, And our obligations have gotten fewer, you know, uh, fewer and fewer, you know, in terms of like social obligation and all that. People have managed to detach themselves from each other. Uh, pretty well, and I'm not even criticizing that because I almost see that as just a natural progression. It's the natural result of technology, um, and you know maybe the natural result is a little bit more isolation, and there might be just an adjustment period where we just have to get used to the fact that we don't need each other on a communal level like we used to, because so much of that was function. It's not that we actually liked people. It's not like we actually benefited from a bunch of the people that we needed in more primitive times. Uh, I'm speaking for them. I'm speaking for primitive people uh, who have no written account of their lives. But I have to imagine some of them didn't like each other, uh, but they were forced to work together, you know, work together because they had to. But now, as as we don't have to do that on, you know, quite an, as quite eh, we don't have to do that now on quite as immediate of a level. And there's a lot of criticism of that. There's a lot of criticism to the way that technology has kind of detached ourselves from these organic relationships that used to exist. Uh, But at the same time, this could just be a growing pain, and we could adjust. And I think we're in constant periods of adjustment, and we have this idea that everything's going to, like, ruin us, or that everything's destroying us. It's phones. It's TV before that. There was somebody, I guarantee you, when the printing press was created, there was somebody who was like, I don't know if it's such a good idea to have all these books out here rotting people's brains. That's a little too much information. Oh, what Kids are just going to spend all their time inside reading. You know, you know, there had to be people like that, and they were the same people today who were, who were like, oh, they just spent all their time in their phones. Uh, spending all your time in your phone. You never look your dad in the eye anymore. Because you're just reading the newspaper all the time, Dad If you read the newspaper, it'll rot your brain but, yeah, I think there's a reason not to do that, too. I was talking about the ease of creating your own little world of, of visuals. And I don't necessarily mean, like, it doesn't all have to be artistic output. And I think that's a good, uh, a good point, actually, because in some ways, you know, we've all become these little curators, whether we realize it or not. And when you see social media accounts, that's what they are. And uh, people who are, uh, you know, adept at using them. Uh, know that you know people whether they know that they're curators or not they know that they are kind of showing something they're tailoring something you know just based on what they want people to see and people criticize that they're just showing you what they want you don't see all the bad sides of the life you know they're just showing you the perfect life what their life they they're just showing you what they wish their life was and it's like that's kind of cool it's kind of cool that people have a way to do that i don't think there's anything wrong with that what's what's wrong with that what's wrong with showing the best parts of your life or showing the parts of your life that you'd like to highlight and i don't know what to think about people who like photoshop themselves or like uh you know these modeling these models on instagram who you know Heavily Photoshop themselves. I don't know what to think about people who do that. There's a lot wrong there that goes well beyond the social media use. That the issue there is not the the platform. I know that Uh, people who are uh, insecure and they're like you know changing the way they look to get attention from strangers. uh, There's a lot going on there beyond just using like the internet or a social media account to do it. Uh, So it's funny to me when people target the platform, they're like, oh, it's, it's, it's the phone, it's the social media that's doing this. And it's like, really, this is all coming from a much deeper place. Uh, uh, But, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, having these accounts, having these weird little pages, whatever they are, that we can curate, these are my photos, these are these are what I'm into all that uh it's you know in a in a way that's kind of like a a synthetic version of what i'm talking about um i mean it's all synthetic you know if you're creating your own little habitat where you're creating the sound you want to hear the visuals you want to see the movies you want to watch you know all of that and i'm not saying all of that's necessarily possible but i'm just it's like i think even the level of choice we have uh in terms of like taking in other people's output is a form of this too, where it's like you can really pick and choose like what kind of movies you want to watch, what kind of music you want to listen to, uh, you know, just how you want to decorate your house on a level that you couldn't before. I mean, you can order things from the internet, you know, you can do all kinds of things that you would just, you would have had to rely entirely on what was available locally or through some obscure catalog and that kind of thing. You think about somebody, you know, who wanted to, like, see movies that weren't available at Blockbuster, had to do some legwork. Now it's a lot easier to see a wider variety of things. So it's not even necessarily the idea of creating your own little environment of your own stuff and just purely getting high on your own supply. You can kind of, like, curate whatever you want from the world and, like, mix and match it. And it it goes back to that just rearranging the furniture idea that I'm kind of stuck on lately. I'm just stuck on the furniture. I'm stuck to this piece of furniture. Move it. Move me. Move me across the room. I'm stuck in this dining chair. I've been stuck here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but it's it's like you could easily kind of create this unique little environment that's based entirely on exactly what you want it to be. But I think there's reason to not do that, too. I think there's reasons to to not. It's great to have the option, but it's also become a lot easier to do it. And anytime it starts to become easier to do something, you have to wonder how important it is. Because uh, that usually leads to just, I don't know, uh, oversaturation. Uh, and... Maybe there's some, maybe there's something important to that happening. Maybe there's something important to that process, uh, but I know that at this point in my life, you know, getting high on my own supply, it, it always have a draw to me, and there, there's kind of some just, you know, it's in the same way that it's like if we hear our own our own name, our ears perk up. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, it's like we like to have our touch on things, and as a result, you know, if we do things we like we might like to indulge in them it might just be you know uh, entertaining ourselves you know just there's something to be said for knowing how to entertain yourself uh, but I think if you find yourself getting high on your own supply and I've said that so many times I feel like I'm getting high just saying it um, I think you should uh, I don't know question uh, question that <laughs> it's that simple. I think I think you should question that. If you find that you're just focusing on your own output in this world entirely, and you're just focused on creating this little vacuum, uh, you should question that. And uh, I gotta get this lotion off my lip. I've gotta get this fucking lotion off my lip because it doesn't feel like chapstick. There's something comforting about chapstick. This doesn't feel comforting. It feels like something's wrong.